Welcome to Cellmates. Welcome to Cellmates. My name is Kate Phillips. My name is Dick Ward. And Cellmates podcast is a podcast. uh, You don't say. (laughs) Tell me more. Where we uh, take two animated feature films. Is that like a television show? Uh, No, it's a film. Uh, Film is something that used to be used for movies. Uh, Not anymore. And what we do with those two animated films is we compare, contrast them, throw them into a Venn diagram and see what shakes out. That's awesome. Uh, Often these two movies are Disney. Uh, But not always. Often they are musicals. Not always. Often they are good. Not always. No. Well, I'm going to (sighs) take another sip of this. Yeah, same. Mm, what is Whoa. this? It's like it's on fire. Yeah, it's like it's it's like it's like burning my mouth a little. Mm-hmm. But also it feels like like I feel like I'm getting a little gassy. Yeah, it kind of feels like like a hot air balloon is like losing elevation, right? Or losing yeah. altitude. Like and like a really dopey hot air balloon. Not yeah. like a cool one. Yeah. Like a really dumb one that makes me hate hot air balloons. And they- <laughs> And the flames might be like purple and spotted and germy. Cool. I was trying to connect in the other dragon, yeah, it didn't but really it didn't work. really work. Uh, so we've got what we're what we're calling as our drink uh, a hibiki dragon. Ooh. Because we found a cocktail recipe for a dragon online, but we didn't have like half the ingredients, so we just kind of made our own out of a Japanese whiskey that we had. Mm-hmm. Suntory hibiki. And we Which combined. I'm probably it- pronouncing incorrectly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we combined it with the process of some other dragon drinks, which is lighting an alcohol on fire, yeah. like a it? dragon. Did we do cognac? We lit the cognac on that fire. That was super yeah. fun. Well, uh, I want to share those videos. Yeah. You said no, but... What? Oh, we I both should yes. Good. We'll share the videos. Yeah. Because uh, it's cool to light a drink on fire. As long as I look cute. Yeah, I didn't feel like I was about to burn a house down, yeah. which also is good. Yeah, and our uh, smoke alarms didn't go off. Yeah, well, so. it wasn't steam. Oh, yeah, sorry. Our steam alarms <laughs> didn't go off. This apartment has steam alarms. You boil water, they all go off, but you burn a piece of meat, they doesn't don't matter. Worry about it, yeah. Um, Dick, why might we be doing dragon drinks today? I don't even. Oh, oh, uh. oh. I know. <laughs> because we watched two movies oh. with dragons mm-hmm. or have dragons in them. That's right. Certainly, like medieval fantasy settings, there are dragons in both. After like two years, I'm getting the hang of this podcast. One movie has enough dragons, though, for both movies combined. Yes. Yes. Um, and that movie is Flight of the No, sorry, the Flight, Flight of the Dragons. Flight of the Dragons. Flight of the movie. Dragons. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, you the, keep you keep doing the Red Hot Chili Peppers song too. It. it sounds like it. And the sword in the stone. Ah. In the Swedone. Swedone. Um, which has a dragon in it, briefly. Yeah. Um, but they are... so. We, There's we, a dragon on the poster art. Oh, there you go. So. There you go. Um, the Flight of Dragons was brought to our attention most recently by uh, listener Hannah on Twitter. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. I'm waving at um, you. And Hannah... Let me bring up... 
Uh, Hannah came to us with a couple movies um, that uh, they weren't sure what to pair with, and mm. they said, go at it. And uh, Hannah says, Flight of Dragons is one of those movies. Uh, I haven't seen it for years now, but I loved it as a child. I'd love to see if you think it holds up. Parentheses, it might not. Uh, it has a magic versus science and logic theme mm-hmm. and a character getting trapped in an alternative world and in a different body. Um and those are themes that uh, she thought, yeah, that could link to other movies. And, yeah. and we thought the same. Um, so shout out to Hannah for that suggestion. Yeah. And um, shout out to listener and friend of the podcast, Rachel, uh, for emailing us that title many months ago um, in kind of a Bass and Rankin. Rankin, Rankin bass. and Bass. Sorry, it's not the other. Just Rankin Bass. Rankin. Bass. But they're two people. You just say Rankin Bass. Rankin Bass. Like Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. Rankin Bass or movies. Walt Disney. Um, that she was not sure that are Kate's style. Uh, and Rachel was right to not be sure that they were Kate's style. But turns out they might not also be Dick's style. You, you liked it. You, I, uh, I did you liked like this Flight movie. of Dragons more than I did. Um, so that title pinged our memories back mm-hmm. to Rachel. And Rachel had suggested maybe some other um, Rankin Bass movies. But after watching this, we decided uh, to kind of shift gears and go with. Sword in the Stone, which also has um, humans taking some animal forms and, like we said, a general fantasy setting in a century, many centuries before ours. Yeah. All right. Dick, uh, what what is your experience with dragons? <laughs> what is your hit? No. Like dragons in general? Any dragon. Yes. I love, I love slash loved dragons. I love dragons less now that I'm in my late 30s, uh-huh. but uh, in my teens uh-huh. and my 20s, I loved dragons. Did you like dragons more or dinosaurs more? Dragons. Oh. Dinosaurs are for children. <laughs> but I loved dinosaurs when I was a kid. And Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Spielberg's yeah. just great. But yeah, no, I love I love dragons. They're yeah. super cool. Most of them. I'm I'm kind of indifferent about dragons. That's dumb. Um, but in general, like fantasy was not my genre as a mm. kid, nor is it now. But so it was exciting to watch both these movies, um, and kind of learn more about the genre. Mm-hmm. Dick, but for real, uh, the Sword in the Stone. What's your history with that movie? What, Wait, are we uh, doing Sword in the Stone first? Yeah. Cool. Great. Yeah. Yeah, we are now. <laughs> my my history of Sword in the Stone is I grew up watching this movie. I have probably seen it a a gabillion times, uh, and I don't like I. It's it is one of those like movies that is so ingrained in my memory that I don't know if I can remember a time when I like hadn't seen it. Mm. It's like you know. You're growing up. Your parents have Disney movies. They put the Disney movies on. You watch them. Right. So I might have seen it when I was like eight. I might have seen it when I was two. I don't know. Yeah. It just, I remember Sword in the Stone existing in my life. Um, and I've always been a, a big fan of this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it. I didn't see it in theaters. I was not alive. Right. Uh, that, yeah, that was 1963. That's correct. The last uh, animated film that Walt Disney fully produced um, before his death in 66. Oh. Um, what about you, Kate? Yeah, uh, not that. I remember um, the one scene, which I'm sure we will talk at length about, with a lot of animal shape-shifting between mm-hmm. Merlin and Madame Mim. Um, 
I think that was like, you know how like the Disney store would play clips of movies and they weren't always songs. That's what I keep saying like, oh, it was from the sing-along videos. But watching this again, there's no song song in this. So I think it was like from being in the Disney store. Okay. Um, that but but I was very familiar with this scene. Have like, you seen this movie? So what I would have told you like three days ago is I've probably seen the whole movie, and then I've just seen this one Merlin Mim scene a bunch more times. But turns out I don't think I've seen this movie because I didn't recognize any of anything it else besides that. Interesting. Um. And just the image of the sword in the anvil stone. We, we call it a stone. Well, they said anvil. Right. A part of it. Title anyway. Says stone. The point is, I didn't know a lot, but just that scene. And yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do a cookie timer and do a summary of it? Uh, you're going to do a summary of it. I'm. But I will set a cookie timer. Okay. Well, thank you for setting a cookie timer. This is what we're back to two minutes. I'm really right? glad we talk about these plans before the show so that I can surprise you with them later. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're going on vacation tomorrow. Tomorrow. A big, big vacation. We're going to go two hours, two, two hours <laughs> away, away to an empty house that we're going to stay in <laughs> and not hang out with our family and friends. Happy pandemic, everyone. Happy pandemic. But you know what? We're going to get out of the city for a minute. It's going to feel great. Yep. Or terrible. Who yep. knows? Um, all right. Anyway, so my brain is already on, You're vacation, on vacation mode. mode. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. No. Uh, Dick, are you ready to summarize the sword in the stone in two minutes or Hold less? Hold on. Let me get these character names up. Uh, uh-huh. Yes. The two characters. All right. And go. We start with Merlin, the whizbang wizard of whimsy, <laughs> who uh, is like hanging out with his friend Archimedes. He's an owl. And he's like, yo. Someone's going to drop in, literally, to my house. And guess who drops in? It's this kid, Wart. Uh, His real name is Arthur. Um, He's going to be a king. Uh, Wart is like a little, like, turd of a kid. He uh, is like, he he just wants to be like a page when he grows up, right? A page? Yeah, page. A page. He just wants to be a page when he grows up. Uh, But Merlin's like, yo, kid, I'm going to educate you. And Arthur's like, why? Uh, Merlin's like, because, and then he turns him into a fish and a squirrel and a bird. And that's education. And uh, Merlin, like, kind of kind of fights with Sir Ector, who's um, Arthur's, like, stepdad. Sir Ector's like, don't, don't, don't mess up my boy. And Merlin's like, yo, I'm going to use magic to do some dishes. And Sir Ector's like, rawr, um, which is great. Uh, I love it. Um, what happens next? Then, oh yeah, uh, Arthur Wart, he's a bird, and he accidentally flies into Mad Madam Mim's house because there's a hawk going to eat him. Uh, Mad Madam Mim is this evil wizard that does black magic. Mm-mm. And she and Merlin have a fight, and it's awesome. They turn into all sorts of different animals and like crabs and germs and a dragon. And then uh, it turns out Arthur's a page. Or, or whatever it's called. And they go to London. And he pulls a sword out of the stone. And then? That's the, that's it. That's the end. What do, you, what do you want from me? He does... What, what happens when he pulls the sword from oh, the stone? Oh, he's the king. There we go. I mean, I, I assume we already knew that. Dick, king I Arthur. am... You have to let Oh, it... cook... 
Okay. Yeah, I you thought have the to, sound wasn't going to... You have to let the alarm go, kid. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it goes and then it doesn't make the oh sound. Oh, my God. Cookies are done. Uh, I want to mention two two things I noticed about your summary. Yeah. One... It's great. You you summarized um, like like the 80, 80% of the movie with the sentence, ah, they, they turn into a fish and a bird and a squirrel yeah. and there's education. That is... Most of the movie, mm-hmm. there are these five-minute bookends. Um, so the other thing I noticed is that it does not start with Merlin uh, because it starts with a, um, learning about the sword and the stone. That's technically that is true. very important for the last two minutes of the movie only. That's true. After that initial storybook starter. Also, I didn't mention Sir Kay because I forgot his name, uh, even though I have the cast list open is he like the dopey he's the the he's like the crappy teenager son. yeah 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 he's like a page or a squire for that Squire's guy Squire the word i've been a, looking for i was thinking about it too i'm like yeah page is close enough like page is close but he's not working for nbc he's working there's for gonna be this competition in london for like like they've they've been in the dark ages right without a king for right. a while and but there's gonna be a t- jousting tournament and whoever wins gets to be king right but instead Wart pulls the sword out of the out stone because like, that's a shortcut. Yeah. That's it's how like, you get to be king. Yeah. Or like, you know, kind of like how you would like rub a genie's lamp uh, and then a giant inflatable genie pops up and then you get to be princess for a day. Oh, my God. And then you get to lose your family and have a tea party to reunite with them. Is this the metaphor you were working on? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, I love it, though. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The metaphor I was working on, Dick, uh, for this movie. Oh, is this? Are we doing it? We're gonna do it. All um, right. Do you remember the first time I showed you a scene from the movie The Wiz? <laughs> yeah. This movie has really fun characters. Sword in the Stone has yeah. some fun characters. Yeah. Merlin's fun. He's got an owl named Archimedes. Ar- Archimedes is super awesome. fun. Yeah. Uh, Arthur is kind of your like Christopher Robin, kind of like a nothing, like a yeah. proxy for the audience, and um. And it's got stuff like even Kay and the Sir Actor. Yeah, Sir Actor are yeah. fun. And but the the first time because because I told you going into the Wiz, we've not watched the whole movie together. No, but, but we've watched scenes. Um, the Wiz in general as a musical, mixed reviews as a movie, it did not do so well because this sentence they put Michael Jackson as a main character in the movie, and somehow made Michael Jackson singing and dancing uh, feel boring yeah it's, and you did not believe me when i have, told you that if you have not seen the movie of the whiz at least look at like the first ease on down the road because it's it's crazy like instead of having like cool close-ups and nice camera angles and stuff they have michael jackson dancing with diana ross with diana also ross, a great performer in like a mid to long shot where you can't really see what they're doing and they're not moving across the screen very fast. No. And it's just like a steady shot. It's so boring. Yeah. And like this is the most uh, this is the most dynamic and exciting performer of my lifetime. Yeah, like certainly. A, uh personal life uh yeah. and all of that aside. Yeah. What whatever whatever you say about him aside, he is like you can't take your eyes off him when he's dancing. And when he's singing, it's just like magic. Uh-huh. And yet, they made him boring. It's insanity. Yeah. That is a little bit what I felt watching this movie. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you have all of these interesting characters. Yeah. You're making them into animals and you've designed these like these animal models to look like the character and look like the animal and it's really creative and Disney does animals well. So it should work really well. And this was a rough watch for me. You did not care for this movie. I knew it was supposed to be fun, but I'm like, how are you making this boring? It was the same thing. Like, you have all the ingredients yeah. and a good story writing team because it's the Walt Disney animation. But uh, it was rough. Yeah, that's fair. Dick, like, how did, in terms of, like, what you remember, kind of like the broad strokes you remember from childhood versus an adult watch of it, like, I mean, everything's exactly as I remember. Uh-huh. Do things connect? No. Is it a compelling plot? No. Is it mainly a kid turning into a fish and then a kid turning into a squirrel and then a kid turning into a bird? Yeah. And then pulling a sword out of the stone yeah. for no related reason. Do, do I love it any less? No. I, I love this movie. I had a blast watching it. Like, you were like, Dick, this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah, that's that's all correct. That's all. <laughs> all the criticisms are like, valid. I don't and... know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, it's definitely not one of uh, Disney's best movies. It's I I don't th- like in terms of quality. Like, you brought up the the song. Like the songs, I think are pretty good, but the orchestration behind the songs is really bad. It's you brought so, up well, so quiet. Some of them feel a little bit like first drafts, and it was like the first Sherman involvement in. It, yeah, the, animation, the music but, is Sherman Brothers, and it's the first time they wrote for an animated film. But like the the songs, to an extent, drive the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does have like some elements that we like in animation. Right. But right. yeah, like uh, the cleanup job was like t- you could see guidelines so all over the place. This is one of the first movies where instead of cleanup, they did what they called touch up, which is oh. the the what would be the cleanup artist just kind of painted over the original sketches without erasing anything and just like I guess assumed that the paint would do the job um but it it does not spoiler um so yeah you can see like those for those unfamiliar with the term guidelines it's like you know the center line down the middle of the face that shows like where the nose um, is gonna be and a a intro to like drawing class Mm -hmm. or you see like a you, you, you like if you go on YouTube, Disney has like a bunch of how to draw this character. Mm-hmm. You start by drawing like a couple of circles and then a couple lines. It kind of like looks like a basketball to start out, yeah. like, and then you add in the features and stuff. But yeah, you can definitely see the uh, the basketball lines. <laughs> yeah, so it's it, it in terms of quality, it's it's rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we 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 uh, touched upon this before. I do not care about plot Mm -hmm. almost at all. Mm -hmm. Like if nothing happens, fine, as long as the characters are interesting. Mm -hmm. And this movie is really like this movie has no motivation for our main character. It says, oh, basically no motivation for Merlin, our -mm. secondary character. No. The only character with motivation is Sir Ector. Yeah. He wants his son Kay to be king. Right. Kay doesn't care. No. No one cares. No. And like Archimedes wants to be left alone. No one cares in this movie. No. So there's not like a motivation for anything to get done. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I love it. So Dick, you say you don't care about plot, like if anything happens. What about if 
many things happen in every scene and the plot changes every scene um, but still moves forward. What do you think about that? Well, let me ask you this. Are there like are there just like countless scenes where a new character will come on the screen <laughs> and then tell you a long story about themselves? We got that. Yeah. Okay. And all we the characters that. are like kind of off model and kind of unidentifiable because they're just kind of bland. Yes, but have I told you there's a lot of plot? Ooh, oh my god, really? Plot. So let's uh, talk about Flight of Dragons. Oh. <laughs> uh, Hannah, we are very excited that you brought this to us because this is a, it's an interesting film. It is. And Hannah, we are very happy that you put It Might Not Hold Up because <laughs> I don't feel as bad for the things I'm going to say about this movie. We're going to find bright spots too. Yep. And actually... And- we will find yeah. we will find bright spots. I do have a couple of like shout outs of moments I liked, mm-hmm. and Kate liked this a lot more than I did. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Yes, I liked it a lot more than yeah. you did, um, but in terms of the two movies, we've got some interesting things to talk about. So, yeah, it's great podcast material. Yeah, which is great. Did you have any? Um, did you know about Flight of Dragons growing no, up? You, you no, you of the two of us would have. Yeah, it seems like something I would have watched. Yeah. as a as a kid or as a teen. Um, Rankin Bass uh, animation always made me a little uncomfortable. Mm. So uh, the only thing I watched, I think, was like The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they did a Lord of the Rings trilogy. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just their their animation style just made me uncomfortable mm-hmm. as a kid. I I was weirded out by various animation styles. So well, I didn't watch is, much of them. This is eighty two. They're doing their work in like the early eighties. Yeah. This is. I mean, this is when I was born. Right, yeah. um, which is a weird time for anyone's animation. Like Disney is kind of in a rough spot here. It looks bad. Mm-hmm. Like from what I've seen of Black Cauldron, which is not most of the movie, but trailers and stuff, Black Cauldron looks better. Is this the same year as Black Cauldron? No, I think Black Cauldron is eighty five. Got it. But it's a similar. This is like after Rescuers. So it's like Fox and the Hound, maybe. Yeah, Fox yeah. and the Hound. I think is eighty three, eighty four. Yeah, and it's like Disney is not at its peak, right. and also, no one else is. Either. No one else is. No, no one's. No one's really like. And this is before, like Fox and the Hound is Don Bluth's last, so yeah. like it's even pre Bluth. Um, yeah, I had no idea this existed. Like nice. the animation style looks a little like, oh yeah, that's the other animation style in the eighties. Mm. To me, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I know what this. We started watching a different Rankin Bass movie because we thought we might pair that and then stopped but it looks you could say the name of it uh, the last unicorn yeah we started the last unicorn and then we were like you know what we want to do flight of dragons because that was called out specifically mm-hmm. and then we want to see if something like immediately pairs right. with it um yeah um so it's like it's a familiar thing but no i had no idea this existed um so brand new to me yeah all right Am I right that this was a TV special? Yeah, it was like an or like ABC, a... ABC. What what do you find in Wikipedia? It was like a Saturday night TV special. It was direct to video. Got it. So there was no theatrical release, which is different than Sword in the Stone because that was released in theaters. Got it. Oh, animated TV movie, maybe. Right. I don't know. Well, and yes. you you can see the commercial breaks. Like there are fade outs at the end of certain scenes and yeah, fade in. There are straight out. Yeah. Straight on. Oh, Rankin Bass did Thundercats. Okay, I watched that. Oh. Um, Yeah, there's a Thundercat in the voice cast of this movie. Aw. 
All right. I'm going to put two minutes on the clock. All right. I'm going to take some of the seconds you weren't talking about the sword and the stone and uh, add it to mine because no, I got work to do. No, you are not. you got to do this in two minutes. I want all of the plot, oh. especially uh, that night falling in love. I'm not. Well, that'll be a part of it. All right. Here I. We could just do a podcast on that. Go. There are three wizard brothers, and they are interested in protecting the realm of magic because they're in, like, the 5th century, and science is starting to take over, like, mills and stuff, and they don't like that. Uh, They want magic to prevail. So they want to create a world that's all magic, and so they summon all the brothers together, but there's a fourth brother, Omeron, played by Mufasa, and he doesn't like this plan. He's like, nope, I'm going to stay here and influence people with evil um because they're gonna (laughs) go to war and drop bombs and stuff and i think that's exciting so the brothers are like oh no he disappears they're like we'll fight him and nope that's not how the magic works the brothers can't fight brothers so they need to summon someone for a quest to steal omeron's red crown and defeat him so they can establish a magical (laughs) realm and well of course carolinus the green wizard uh uh pokes his head into the future and gets uh peter Last name Dinkle? I don't remember because it's so Peter generic. No, not Peter Dick. Peter Dickinson. I was close. Um, who is a scientist slash author slash board game uh, enthusiast <laughs> and inventor who has made this game called, Fli- it may be called Flight of Dragons. Anyway, it's got all the wizards and this princess that we've already met in it. So like, he's like a, a time traveler already, but he doesn't know it. Anyway, he goes back into the fifth century because Carolinus summons him and he goes on this quest but oops he's turned in or he like melds mind melds with this dragon uh gorbash there's a lot of dragons in the fifth century uh and so now he's a dragon Uh uh-oh and so he has to figure out a way to combine science and magic to defeat and so he does like he figures out how dragons work kind of like hot air balloons the gas goes up and the fire goes down and then he just acquires a lot of people along the way there's this knight who tells a story about um, falling in love with a five-year-old. It's really bad. And um, Promising they, to fall in they love acquire, with a five-year-old. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did a really bad job at this. They acquire okay, so another... Just, no, I'm real, just wait, two hold on. Minutes. To be clear, that was the two-minute mark. Yeah. You almost always hit it. Sometimes you go over by a few seconds. Yes. Yeah, you are in the first half of the movie. I'm right in the now. first half of the movie Great. right now. You may continue to go. They acquire more characters. I mean, here's the thing is that there's a lot of plot, but it's not important. So what I would say to finish up quickly is they acquire more characters. They they like uh, defeat mini bosses along the way, uh, sometimes using science, sometimes using dragons. And then they defeat the final boss, uh, Omeron, uh, because, and all the other human characters are dead at this point because they've been defeated. But Peter starts yelling at him scientific <laughs> facts. Uh, so, like, and then? not quite E equals MC squared, but it could have been there. It's like, uh, uh, the equal, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, gravity is a force that pulls down. And Wait. then he just starts yelling sciences at him in alphabetical order. Astronomy. Biology. Biology. Chemistry. Geology. And, yeah. Sociology. And that's when the Omeron roars, a hideous roar. He hates sociology, Omeron. And gets defeated because science wins over magic. But that means that Peter can't stay in the magic realm because he is denied magic. 
but he still gives uh, this princess a kiss on his way out because he has designed her as the perfect woman for him, even and though she's on a board game. She's later. unconscious at the she's time. She's unconscious. Great. That's fine. Um, and so then he warps back into the future present, which is like now. Like he lives in the now, I guess like 1982 at the yeah. time. But oh, New York in the 80s. Uh, he's, it's, it's, he lives in the same world as Highlander. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what that doesn't matter. Means. It's a um, good joke. Anyway, he goes back to this pawn shop where he's trying to sell his game, and then oh, all of a sudden, trying to get funding from the pawn shop guy for his game. Yeah, like they don't have Kickstarter yet. So you go to pawn shops to ask for funding. I guess. Anyway, oh, but this blonde woman walks into the store, and oh, it's Princess I think Melisande. Um, Melisandre. Her, her guardian, the wizard, has decided. Oh, I'll send her into the future because she's in love with. Peter, even though they met like once and the last time they had an interaction, she was unconscious and then he woke her up and then he disappeared into the future because he denied magic. Anyway, they're in love now (laughs) and that's how it ends. Okay, great job. That was the longest summary. Kate, can we talk about the thing that made me uh, laugh very hard during your summary? Sure. This movie... Uh, opens. Yeah. Uh, we see like some fairies uh-huh. like sitting on a swan. Oh my gosh. And the, the swan, like we're being told that magic is being taken it's over by technology. Slowly, yeah. The swan it, it sees like a mill ahead, like a, a, like a water, water wheel. Yeah. Like a grain mill or something. So, and then it like can't escape the current of the mill except it's a pretty wide creek like the swan has 10 swan wits to avoid yeah, it the could just mill swim also I, I don't know about you i when i was a kid uh i used to go to this mill on easter to feed ducks uh-huh this is a true thing hey uh None of them got swallowed up swallowed by a, and mangled by, by a mill. mill you just they just they just it. swim around it. Well, Dick, maybe in this age, science was even more powerful, <laughs> and it's been tempered over time, kind of like ma- maybe magic is coming back, and so science isn't as powerful as it used to be. We did... Anyway, uh, the fairies get kind of messed up, too. The, uh, we did go to Morocco, not for this episode. <laughs> we went to Morocco a couple of years ago, when you could still go places, yep. and we took a tour of uh, what used to be the King of Morocco's private garden. And it was like a per- personal guided walking tour. It was really cool. Yeah. And like it, the garden is now open to the public. Mm-hmm. The king gave it to, to the public so you can just walk around. And it's beautiful. There's stuff from all over. And there's there's a like a water wheel there. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh my God, there's just this bamboo garden. Yeah. And then here's a like a cool, Japanese like, orchids. Of flowers and then, and... But our tour guide was like, do you know how this works? Let me tell you how this works. He was very excited to tell us about the mill. He took like 10 minutes telling us about how this mill works. We're like, he yeah, was it's extremely a, excited. It's a mill. Yeah. We're from America, not the fourth century. I don't know. When were mills invented? We know but what a mill I, is. I mean, to be fair, how many mills do you see in your daily life? Like five a day. Uh, that's false. Tr- okay. You fair. just see this apartment. There are no mills in the apartment. No. Though we do have a water feature. And I have started hallucinating, so. Anyway. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Before we need to you get, drive two hours tomorrow. We, we need to get out of this apartment. It's getting bad. Um, 
Yeah, so now anytime we see a mill in popular culture, we'll just stop and be like, Excuse, do, you, do you know how that works? Do you know how this works? Do you, let me tell you. So anyway, that's the open to this movie. Or that's part of the open. It's part of the open. It's There's early a lot in the of movie. open. Yeah, the open, to the, the open to Flight of Dragons, I would describe as being 20 minutes long. Yeah. Like, before we get Peter back from the past on this quest. Like, but, you, make, you make fun of Sword in the Stone for having that, that, that rapping, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And valid criticism. But the, the like, song from the book uh-huh. is, like, a minute long. And then it's yeah. like, cool, here's your character. Yeah, this goes in the opposite direction. Oh, boy. And, and to be fair, as, as Hannah mentions in her recommendation, it does have a bitchin' opening song by Don McLean. That's fair. Or sung by Don McLean. I think it's by, like, Bass and someone. Rankin? Um, no. Oh. Ma- Maori? Maori? Ooh. Um, Povich? Yes. Oh. Uh, and it goes, Flight of Dragons. And it does not go like the Red Hat Chili Pepper song after that. Flight but of Dragons. Dick, uh, let, let me ask me you, uh, what other, uh, what can you tell us about the other music that's in this movie? Do you remember like any other, any themes from like the other, like the score? No. What about, da na na na, or the time it went, da 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 da. I'm going to be honest, I'm, I believe you. No. I don't remember anything from the score. That's it. The score is just this song. I don't remember that. Over and over again. That's shocking. It's it sounds like honestly, it's a pretty good hook. So I don't mind it, but yeah. like I kind of wish there were a few more musical motifs. Yeah. Um the whole thing, I mean, here's the thing. It does have a cohesive I get. We'll call it a plot. It's yep. narrative, like a linear narrative from it, beginning to end. It is narrated to you. It is also, yeah. It's there's a lot of tell. Um, there's some show while they tell, but there is a lot of tell. Um, anytime you meet a character, they will tell you uh, a five minute story about what they were doing before now. Um, and sometimes it's like what I was doing last week, and then sometimes it's like. This is what I did 20 years ago. This is how I met uh, this princess you're in love with, except she was five, and I vowed that I would fall in love with her when she was of age, of course. He vowed that he would fall in there, love with her. There's some uh, dicey uh, uh, romantic relationship stuff in here. Um, there's there's also a scene where there's this like uh, archer chick that joins their quest. Oh yeah, she's tribe. great. She's great. She's a but wonderful like, personality. Immediately, she like uh, they're at like a, a bar at night, and immediately oh, yeah. she and the knight hook up. Like, but there's it not. Is it's not very like, clear that they're gonna share a room right now. It's not like they're flirting or anything. No, she just says this might be our last night, and then they leave together. Yeah. And then when the ogre picks them out of the um, the inn, they are together in a bed. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, there's just there's a lot going on, but in every scene, it's it almost reminds me of like a video game or like um, like a RPG game or like what I think is an RPG game, which, there you I, go. which I know is not. Yeah. Of this kind of like aimless wandering from scene to scene, like oh. Now there's a wolf or like now these, there's these screaming rats that we need to deal with in this scene. Okay, now there's an ogre we need to deal with in this scene. Now and, there's a different dragon. And like, it, I, I will say, uh, I, I think 
I have a lot of valid complaints about this movie. Oh, yeah. I will say they were definitely not working with a Disney budget. To no, be, that to is... To be fair to them, this mm-hmm. is like a TV movie. Yeah. Uh, I was just searching to see if there was a budget on Wikipedia. Uh-huh. There was not one listed. <laughs> so none. The budget is none. Right, but <laughs> yeah. it's also a TV movie. I don't right. know if you disclose for that, but... They got John Ritter. Yeah, they got John Ritter. Some other... James uh, Earl Her- Jones. James Earl Jones. Harry yeah. Morgan, who's the... Harry Morgan. Colonel from MASH and... So there, there, were, there was some talent, but like... Yeah, it was it was pretty cheaply animated. Mm-hmm. Um, the orchestration did not sound great. Like, no, I would describe this movie as cheaply made. But I think that's not that's not a slam, right? They were working with a small budget, right? So, I'm trying to not get hung up on the things that they clearly had to do mm-hmm. to to meet the budget. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think my biggest issue is probably with the source material. Uh, which is a book I haven't read. It was two books. It's loosely adapted Ugh. from two different things. Yeah. Um, one seems like a fantasy novel, and the other just seems like a, a list of magic things. Oh. I don't know. Well, the the book it's based on is... One of the books, I guess, it's mm-hmm. based on is Flight of Dragons by Peter Dickinson, right? Well, I don't think that's a real thing. Okay. Really? Let's talk about that. Oh, I thought that was just uh Wait, are you kidding me? I thought that was just fictional. Oh my gosh. No, The Flight of Dragons is a book. It is by an author named oh. Peter Dickinson. Oh, I see. Yeah. And The Dragon and the George by Gordon Dixon, which is pretty close. Yeah. Or do you think it was the same guy? The animated film derives oh. most of its storyline from The Dragon and the George. Okay. Which is by someone else. And has really bitchin' cover art. Speculative natural history book of the same name. So that's interesting. Yeah. So I wonder if there's like a framing device in that one that's like, I was making a board game and then I got zoop to the past. Uh, the, I, yeah. the Dickinson one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, there's some source material. Okay, but here's... Here, here's what here's what it does come down to. Like, you had a very rough time watching this one. I had such a rough time. And watching like, this. for all of the visual like hangups that I expected to have with it, it didn't bother me so much as other ones. Like, Yellow Submarine was much more just physically harder for oh, my yeah, eyes to it's watch. Just visually jarring. But this one, because there was like something happening in every scene, there was like a, a mini quest. I, I kind of just stayed with it and I didn't mind it all that much. We talk a lot about on this podcast like expectations and I had yeah. I had none for this one. So I think that's something too, right? Where the other one is a Disney movie that you're like, oh yeah, I remember a bunch about this and I really liked it. And I, in fairness, I've been talking up the sword and the stone to you for like the last two well, years. And the one scene I remember from it, I like a lot. So I think this one, uh, yeah, it was, it, it wasn't hard to watch like I got to the end I'm like okay that was fine but but Sword in the Stone for me was a much less pleasant viewing experience because I was just like I kept looking at the time code I'm like when does this movie start we're halfway through does it is it starting yet yeah (laughs) we we talked a little bit ago um off off air Mm -hmm. about skimming text and Mm. and the idea that skimming text is is a skill that you acquire um and 
I find and about how sometimes I find it hard to read like a a piece of long fiction because like I just want to skim through mm -hmm. and get the information and move on because mm -hmm. I'm so uh, used to doing that. And I feel like these movies are like one end of the spectrum and the other. That's interesting. Right? Like the Sword in the Stone is like technically partially adapted from the T.H. White. Um, Once in Future King. Yeah. And a book called The Sword in the Stone. Right. Yep. So it's it's got some inspiration from books, but it clearly was just like, uh, this, this, this. Great. We got a thing. Uh, whereas the, the Flight of Dragons was like, we need to include every idea. Yeah. Because every character has a backstory and not a backstory that you hear about, mm -hmm. a backstory that they tell you. So more and than you go back and watch it. Right. So yeah. more than like RPG, which I'm not as familiar with. Right. I just have some kind of ideas in my head. This reminded me of cats of a fantasy novel right. that I would read growing up. And and Dick, you would add a bad fantasy novel because I, apparently I have not read good ones. But <laughs> there I are like, few and far between. I hated it. I mean, I read Harry Potter for the first time five years ago because oh. I was so turned off to the genre by like age nine that I'm like, no, I don't do books with castles. Like, yeah. um, and I think books that read like this are why. Where I'm like, oh, this backstory now. I don't. Do, do I need to care about this character? Right. Probably not. I don't like. You haven't told yeah. me reasons and to it's, care. It's a thing that drives me nuts in fantasy. It's a thing that drives me nuts in video games. Where it's like, who. Whoever is in charge is so wrapped up in telling you the minutia of everything. In the world building. That they don't let you explore and figure it out yourself. Because mm, mm -hmm. it's like, one of the things that was really cool about um, the best scene of, mm -hmm. of Sword in the Stone, right, is the fight between Merlin and Mad Madabim. And Merlin, like, throughout the movie, he's referred to as a, a an old goat or he's a crab or, or things like that yeah and then he turns into those things in the fight with mad mad and, yeah. and that's just like i'm like cool i think like one uh merlin might have like a little bit of a sense of humor mm -hmm. about himself or or maybe not maybe it's a coincidence but i can like build something in my head mm -hmm. right i can i can decide what this means about this character um and flight of dragons does the thing where it's like, we will tell you about this character. Mm -hmm. We'll tell you if you like them or if you do not like them. Yeah, that's fair. Let's go. Yeah. I think you, you had alluded to this earlier, but the characters in Flight of Dragon are not characters. No, they they're are like... They're appendixes. Yeah. <laughs> each character that you... that Each character that they meet, that they like pick up mm -hmm. on their on their quest, is a, is a new story. Right. Yeah. And a new, like, just set of skills for their quest, right? right? The one guy has armor. The one lady has arrows. There's a an elf that can hide in soup. <laughs> That's helpful to him uh, at one point. Uh, there's a dragon who can fly, a second dragon who teaches him how to fly. You're okay. The the minute the fighting started, I hid in the soup. And you see him hide in the soup. Oh, it's very so funny. Good. So good. And there's, like, some... Yeah, and there's some, like, dialogue styling. Like, the writing is not good. Like, the words of the script yeah. are not great. But, like, there are some scenes where I'm like, okay, if you rewrote the script here, um, the back and forth that, like, the pacing of the editing 
between like I'm looking at this character and I'm looking at this character and sometimes it's just a reaction and sometimes it's just is more sophisticated than I would expect for this type of movie with budget and the story as it is that like I think it tricked me at some points and being like oh they want to do something more interesting with this but their words aren't saying it and their characters aren't saying it yeah but what it comes down to is I think for me I can tolerate a story with some weaker characters and a sturdier plot even if like I'm watching the movie and I'm like this plot is dumb but I I'm following it but you know what's going on and why I have a yes yeah I have a higher tolerance for that um, versus something like Sword in the Stone, where I understand that these characters are fun, but I like we see this whole scene where they turn into fish and they get chased by an eel, and like there's drama within the mini scene, yeah, but it has nothing to do with I guess like Merlin's teaching him how fins work or something like aerodynamics or something, but like I'm in in my head, I'm like, okay, I know Arthur's pulling a sword out of the stone by the end. And I don't think, I think a typical viewer in 63, right? Like, right. you know, his real name is Arthur. Yeah. You, you know, there's a sword in the stone you know and there's a king is. that needs to be found. Like, yeah, there's that dramatic irony that I thought they were going to play with and they no, just did not they at don't all. at all. So I'm trying to connect dots of like, all right, how is this fish thing going to help him later? And it just never does. And it yeah. made me so angry. And the, the, <laughs> I, I really like the idea of, of the fish thing and the squirrel thing because, like, in the fish thing, like, yeah, he's learning, like, about fins, but he's mm-hmm. really learning about life and death. He's learning about about actual danger. He's learning about, he's learning that he could die. All right. That's the thing you learn as you're growing up. Yeah. It, it is. The, it, uh, that's, that's when your childhood ends. No, that's interesting. You I, did not, I did not pull that from that scene. Oh, and he learns to fight his own battles. Uh, he learns that Merlin can't like Merlin's like yep you, you're on your own figure it out fight your own battle and it's it's him growing up a little bit mm-hmm. and the squirrel scene is is the same he's like learning about love in a weird misguided way but he's he's learning like this is the birds and the bees talk except yeah. it's the squirrels and the except squirrels. Merlin almost lets a female squirrel assault yeah. a wart as a squirrel. The world of squirrels is different than there, the world of There's there's some bad adult child relationships in both of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the idea of that cuz it's like, oh, that's another thing that like takes you from uh, being a child to being an adult, right? Uh-huh. Like learning about death, learning about love. Uh-huh. Right? And then learning about birds, I guess, uh-huh. when he turns into a bird. But like you're you're kind of getting glimpses of that, and you think Wart would like toughen up, or he'd use some of that knowledge. Like not you wanted him to use like directly. Like I learned this thing about fish. I wanted him to use like ah uh, no, I know I'm stronger now because I escaped that barracuda or but, that pike or whatever. But yeah. he doesn't use anything. Yeah. No, and he I, doesn't change. I don't need it to do a format of like I you know I learned this skill here and now right. I apply it. But like. Even something, something, and it doesn't even need like that's just like the easiest way to conceptualize yeah. that. But even so, you before Merlin starts teaching Wart, you know nothing about him. No, you see him go fetch an arrow in the woods. Yeah, you don't see him as like brash or impulsive or immature. He's a blank slate. He well, he actually seems like the more mature of the two characters you meet, yeah. which is the K, like the, the angsty teen. And Ward, you like Wart better. 
but but like Merlin doesn't also know why he's teaching him. Yeah. So that's a problem too. Like, how does Merlin? No one has motivation. No. Yeah. Like what? That like all the things you're saying are very nice. I think you're being very generous to the text. I, so, I think that is the intention of those scenes. Mm-hmm. I don't think the other scenes around them. Yeah. Um, do anything with that. Yeah. But I feel like if you were to if you were to like ask what the actual intent of those scenes are. In maybe they're pulled from source material or maybe those are original Disney thoughts. But like, I think those are the intentions of those scenes. Sure. It just doesn't pay off anywhere else. Yeah, in the it text. doesn't. It doesn't read. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to be nice to Flight of Dragons for a minute. <laughs> um, both of these movies have a little bit of a science first magic. Mm hmm. And both of these movies have a little bit of a um, like a reason and logic verse. Um, brute force, right? Okay. And Sword in the Stone mm-hmm. pays this off by Wart picks up a sword from the stone at a tournament that he went to as a squire. Mm-hmm. Merlin wanted him to not be a squire, right? Not go to the tournament, right? He was training him to be smart and training him like Merlin is a wizard, yeah. But he's like, well, you need to figure out how to do this without magic. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a lot of what he's training him in. And then instead, Arthur <laughs> picks up a magical sword and yeah. becomes king. Yeah. It, it's, it has nothing to do with with what Merlin was training him for. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm going to give Flight of Dragons a little bit of credit because annoying as the main character is, mm-hmm. and he's very annoying, um, he does sort of use science uh a couple times in the movie i was gonna say at the end i'm like there's better times than the end no but a couple times in the movie like there's a couple times where he just figures things out for his own sake Mm -hmm. but there are a couple times where he like he uses science and it's kind of cool Mm mm-hmm I'm hard pressed to think of an example. There's right well, now. I have I have an example that I actually want to be my scene shout out. Okay. So I'm not going to share it right now. Right. But um, they encounter this like giant worm in a pool of acid. Yes. Um, as like their second to last challenge before um the god of I guess hell, Omeron. Um, Oberon. <laughs> Ober yeah no. Mm. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, they're like, how are we going to defeat him? Like, they try to shoot an arrow at him, and the arrow dissolves in the acid. Oh, no. And um, so, Peter, as a dragon, because he's still a dragon at this point, he's is in like, a actually, body, yeah. yeah, you know what happens if you set acids on fire? And then he doesn't really explain anymore, and then he just shoots dragon breath at the worm's throat. He like he he also like says something about sulfur yeah and, a specific like ph balance or something yeah. and sulfur and and that fire would destroy it yeah so he shoots fire down the throat and sure enough the whole thing uh catches in flames and the it disappears which technically he's using science right but also if you are a dragon and there is a big <laughs> thing in front of you that you want to kill Step one is try breathing fire on it. So, you just think so. So, but that's I mean, there's the Venn diagram, right, of yeah. science and magic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's there are some there elements seems of like that. that, and I wish there was more of it. Yeah, there's yeah, there's there's some scenes where like there's a scene where he figures out how dragons fly, 
Yeah. Which is interesting to him. Yeah. And no one around him. The other dragon teaching him. Yeah, and definitely not to me. Um, And it doesn't pay off. So that's that's where... But that's something that you would read in a book, right? Where like... The narr- I can see that being a chapter where the narrator yeah. is trying to figure this out and they're like, oh, it works like this. And then as a reader, you're like, oh, it works like that. Or it and- just be like explained in the book. Right. Right. Um, but to make it a scene in the movie, I'm like, well, this better be important somehow. <laughs> and it is not important at all. I mean, it's just they he just narrate what they're doing when they're going up and down from that point, which yeah. is not important. He doesn't like use science and be like oh because i know exactly how things work on mm-hmm. the inside of a dragon i can fly better or right. or i can fly longer or or something yeah like that doesn't it's just not really addressed yeah he just knows how it works now yeah yeah, yeah. i wish i wish it was because one of the um kind of uh, through lines in the movie is that you know, even in the future, because uh, Carolinas, much like Merlin, can kind of see all the ages at once. Yeah. And he's like, in the future, you know, magic inspires man to, like, pursue these sciences, right? And, like, uh-huh. have these ideas. So it would be neat to see, like, it's kind of silly, right? Like, because the very idea of them establishing this like magical plane in a bubble means that the inspiration wouldn't get out anymore or like no man can visit it for in, like can, a dream I, yeah i could an inspiration I, I could see that i i could see that as being valid and mm-hmm. like man dreams of dragons so he's like oh man i should fly I want, yeah i want to fly right uh, because there are no non-magical creatures that fly right there are no birds no birds or bees nope. or flies or nope. um but but like you know um but I do want to call out that scene as being particularly stupid because <laughs> Cor- uh, Coralinus, yeah. Coralinus, Carolinus. is like, we need magic to exist because then man can invent things. Like uh, he sees how <laughs> armored a dragon is and he invents tanks. And then o- Oberon, Omeron is like, one. no, man should go to war and invent bombs. It's like, what the f- what, what there, do you think the tanks are There is not a difference between tanks and uh, yeah. bo- like you, you those are used in the same the activity. Yeah, <laughs> like well, uh, you're not a peaceful wizard if you want man to make tanks. Yeah, man's not making <laughs> tanks for fun. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, but if they had laid into that more, right? That yeah. like there is a like magic and science aren't as far away as you think because it kind of what you're kind of left with is like science wins because yeah. it does literally defeat Omeron and then Peter goes to the present. Yeah. Um, whereas Sword in the Stone, like magic wins, yeah. even though uh, Merlin's trying to teach him about physics and gravity and stuff. I'm not sure why that gravity lesson is in there either. That's the thing is that like, it's like as a squirrel, you will learn that gravity, but like really it's about like, uh, like, like female squirrels and heat is yeah. really the lesson that they learn from that. You'll be careful. Which doesn't have anything to do with gravity, well, but, uh, <laughs> it does if you fall like, uh, in love. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I think something that we can agree upon for both movies is the pacing is just weird. The pacing is weird on both of these movies. Like, these are both, like, hour 20 movies that sometimes feel... I feel like in Sword in the Stone, there were certain 
Sword in the Stone is a collection of short movies. Yeah. Like, if you would have told me that, like, they created these, like, the Mickey Mouse ones to, like, play before. It's like, okay, these are the wart shorts, and you're yeah, just, you're you're just going to watch all the them wart all in shorts order. together. I'd be like, yeah, I believe that. Oh, this is fun. This is great. Um, oh, they should make a movie of this. However, like, some of them, like, the fish one, I, like, get it, and then there's, like, five more it's minutes really of it. It's long. Whereas, like... There's one where they start like washing dishes and they become enchanted and there's a little bit of like be our guest and Mary Poppins and which will both come after this movie. Um, and and then like some jazz music starts playing because Merlin is kind yeah. of like improvising and scatting and it's great. It's really fun. And that one's cut off at like 45 seconds. Yeah. They're like, nope, no more of this scene. So it's like this weird. How did they decide how long if, if no scene is connected to anything yeah how did they decide on the lengths of these scenes and the whole movie works that way for me where it's like i'm pushed and pulled between wanting more and less i'm it's interesting i thought i might be the only one who got some mary poppins out of this movie Mm. but i got some strong mary poppins vibes yeah like a guy's tutoring a kid he kid didn't ask for it he's not really interested kind of doesn't care whether the kid lives or dies and (laughs) and like uses magic to to wash things and Uh like yeah like i it kind of feels like a mary a weird mary poppins rough draft yeah right and mary poppins is three years later and that's sherman brothers too right Mm -hmm. so it's like oh sherman brothers we got this mary poppins thing coming up Mm -hmm. uh do you want to just do some music for Sword the Stone? It's not going to be it's kind great. Of similar. But, but yeah, just do like a cleanup song and make it your first draft. It's fine. And it's not. So when I say first draft, I don't necessarily mean of the song compositionally. Right. I mean like they recorded a demo in their kitchen with bad acoustics. Yeah. And that's the one they used. Yeah. Like the balance between voice and orchestra is like off. I mean, this is they would have had to record everything acoustic like there's no synthesized instruments at this point right but it kind of sounds like those demos of like the the Lin-Manuel Miranda demos of Moana where he's like very clearly using a synthesizer and the just the instruments sound off and like like uh underdeveloped right they had they had sort of synthesized string at this point okay because they had um some Mellotron um is a keyboard that when you press down on the keys mm-hmm. it plays audio tape of a oh, string sound like the cat piano like when you click it and it goes meow meow like that that is one of my favorite videos on the internet you're welcome we'll we'll link it out all right we will um but the same with flight of dragon where like the pacing is like okay i'm on board like quest after quest and then there's a side story the elf like the or no that wolf that they meet in the woods who's not important later oh is like God. here's a story of me being underwater and it has nothing to do with anything and it takes five minutes and it's just like these weird zigzags where like no one like both of these movies has a credited director but yeah. i don't know what they did and like if i was reading if i was reading a novel this would still be annoying but like a chapter character backstory right. wouldn't be the worst. Right. The fact that every backstory was, well, let me tell you this story mm-hmm. about this thing. Like that was a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, it got really repetitive really fast. Uh, I, don't know, I thought I was going somewhere nicer with this. Okay. I, it was so, got repetitive fast. So, so I'm an adult and I can Ooh. understand that not everything 
that has to do with a certain genre is the same. Thank you. However, <laughs> these are two movies that kind of confirm my stereotypes that I, I think I've come a long way since childhood. Uh-huh. The stereotypes of like, fantasy is boring and poorly paced with characters I don't care about. Like, and these movies don't do anything to prove to me otherwise. Oh, there fair. are some fun moments, and we'll talk about that soon. I'm like, a fan of, of fantasy as a genre, and I agree. So, Dick, I'd like you to do two things. Okay. This might be a lot to ask. One is, like, what what is, like, maybe, this is not even seen shout-out yet, but, like, what's an element from each of these movies that you're like, oh, no, this is good fantasy? I, I guess okay. that's, that's the first question. Like, what, oh, okay. what is good fantasy in these movies? Um, the I would say the the overarching um, idea of Sword in the Stone, I think, is good fantasy. Uh, it's it's not exactly executed well, but a boy being trained by a, a magical wizard. Okay, right, like that's yeah, that's I mean that's your Harry Potter's it's all right of there, Harry right? Potter, yeah. Um, so I think that's that's great execution and. Um, obviously like, let's just say we can't use it as a scene shout out because we've shouted out like 20 times already. <laughs> the wizard duel yeah. is awesome fantasy yeah. because you don't, there is the, the difference between, um, I guess you'd call it like high fantasy is, mm-hmm. is elves and dragons and stuff. Um, and like science fiction, right. Is that in, in fantasy, things happen and in science fiction things happen for a explained reason mm. that's why like star wars is fantasy it's like space fantasy yeah okay. it, but star trek mm-hmm. like we've watched a couple episodes yeah. now and as you know uh, there's there's definitely a reason for everything and they explain it maybe too much reason <laughs> and i love it um but yeah so so the wizard fight is like cool we turn into things Go. But it's so clever. Like, yeah. if we're not going to use it for a scene shout out, let's talk about it a little yeah. bit because it's like, you know, the um, Madame Mim turns into an elephant to mm-hmm. intimidate uh, the rabbit that Merlin is. And then Merlin changes into a mouse to scare the elephant. Yeah. And then the elephant turns into a mouse predator. Like, but did they, you. So, mm-hmm. so, like, that happens. They don't explain anything about it. No. We don't. There's no like, aha, if I turn into a mouse because the magic has affected Mim's brain and gives her the brain of an elephant, right. then she will be scared. Like, there's no. nothing. There's nothing. We just see a mouse scare an elephant. We're like, great, got it. Well, you're doing what a lot of animation just naturally does, which is relying on these like archetypes right. and these just kind of like common knowledges yeah. connotations. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm saying this is good fantasy. Yeah. Is because we're just saying like, it's magic. This is what happens. Right. Do you want to know why? Too bad. This is fantasy. But I would say on the, fl- like, you're talking about, like, there's not a reason why Merlin changes to the, like, scientifically, but, like, but no, like I understand the brain. There is no scientific reason. Right. But for it's motivation. Mim it's a thing to be that's... scared of a mouse when she is an elephant. Sure. Because she is a woman and sure. he is a man and he is. Changed into a mouse, and uh-huh. she's changed into an elephant. But elephants aren't really scared of mice, and even if they were, she is not really just an elephant. Right. She's a witch lady. But I can suspend that disbelief here. Exactly. For a couple of reasons. One is that, like, 
the writing of this scene is really smart yeah. and really clever. And two, Disney is better than anyone at drawing these animals with full They're personality. So, so when she's an elephant, she's an elephant. Mm-hmm. Like she is an elephant named Madame Mim, I yeah. guess. But like she is an elephant and you're working off of that premise immediately. Yeah. And that's, I think I said to you at the when we finished watching this movie, I'm like, I could, I think I could forgive the kind of episodic disconnected nature of this movie if more of the episodes were good yeah. <laughs> like, like this high quality because yeah. i love this scene yeah but the other scenes don't hold up so some much. of them get close but yeah um okay uh, so that's is there so, anything in flight of dragons that approaches yeah flight of flight of dragons is harder for me because it is um more towards the side of fantasy that i do not like mm. Where like I please don't explain how a dragon flies. I mm-hmm. don't. I don't care how a dragon flies. It's a dragon. It's a giant lizard that has wings. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be able to fly, and it does. I don't know. They're magic. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Um, and it it goes into explanations, and that drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things it does that are like fantasy tropes is like building a party, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing I'm going to say, the other, the fantasy thing that it does well is a big picture thing, right? Where it's not like executed perfectly, but the Mm -hmm. idea is solid. Where it's kind of, um, these wizards are a little bit gods playing with the fates of men, Mm -hmm. right? Like Coralinus is like, hey, I need. We, we need to have this quest happen and we can't go because we're not allowed to fight. Mm-hmm. So I am going to like recruit this mortal, yeah. right? Where it's like, it's almost like Greek myth, right? Where right. it's like the gods choosing a champion to mm-hmm. fight. And like, does the execution work? Eh. Um, but the the idea is sound. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that I really like in, in my fantasy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think... To be fair, like my favorite fantasy books are uh, Terry Pratchett, and those are kind of fantasy send ups of the fantasy genre yeah, that's to an fair extent. Too, yeah. So, did you hard. know that Terry Pratchett is very clever? Very clever. He is so clever. Have you heard of it's Douglas? very important to him that you know how you clever of, Terry Pratchett is? Have you heard of Douglas Adams also? Very clever. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast. I got like 20 pages into a. I think it was the Terry Pratchett Neil Gaiman one. Good Omens. Yeah. yeah. I got like 20 pages in and I couldn't. Like it was, it like just hit the pretension buzzers for me that just. You don't. know what? Maybe that was the Neil Gaiman side. You should probably read a Terry Pratchett book. I'll recommend you some. Sure. Thanks. I'll recommend you like 10 or 20 that I like. I can do it. A lot of people I'm really good friends with love. Yep. Both both authors and I I can't. Oh. I'll maybe try again in like twenty years. It's um, okay. I guess my other question would be like, like can you? Think, oh yeah, is this part two? This is part two. Oh uh, man, you, you did a really good job with part one. So Thanks. I'm not it upset was tough. if you don't. Is there like a fantasy movie, animated or otherwise, that you have seen that you're like, oh, this does it really well? And it, it's going to be based on your tastes too, right? Like, you're going to say, oh, I'm sorry. Lord of, Lord of the Rings. But not the second one. No, no. That's Re- the one I hate like, the most. Um, Fellowship of the Rings <laughs> okay. and Return of the King yeah. are great. I think I don't think I minded the first one. I yeah. The only Lord of the Rings experience I have, and Dick knows this, is yeah. I saw uh, all three of them in four days 
um, in preparation for the last one. And I had not seen any of them before. And my brother was obsessed with them. So we saw like the extended cuts of all of them. Yeah. And then we saw the third one in the theater. Um, and it turned me off of Lord of the Rings forever because you shouldn't watch them like that if you're not a fantasy person uh, already. Which like... But I think I, I think I still had some like good uh, goodwill after finishing the first one. I think it's the second one that really did me in where I'm like, screw, that screw second you. One is... This is just like... Vi- visually just very dark as, one long war scene I as can't. a fan of those movies those movie or that second movie is hard to watch yep. um still way better than the hobbit so and have you seen the rankin bass lord of the rings i have seen i think did they do the hobbit or was they that did the hobbit else? and they did the trilogy so i have seen um the hobbit okay yeah i like Okay, so here's... You're scrolling through some kind of... Here's uh, the thing. So there has not been like a good fantasy movie in a long time. Okay. Uh, is kind of what we're coming down to. All right. right? Um, Conan the Barbarian. Uh-huh. It was a, it was a great fantasy movie, right? Mm-hmm. Or Conan, whatever it was called. Um, the Schwarzenegger? Yeah. 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 Um, and like that's that's the same... Like that era, there were like a lot of, a lot of cool fantasy movies. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Willow holds up, but... Maybe Willow. And like Princess and the Bride would not be something that... Princess and the Bride, like the frog. Um, the Princess Bride would not be something that you consider fantasy. Is that correct? I mean, it's... Even though to me, I'm like, well, there's a princess. It's, and it's kind of a weird half and slightly half, Slightly medieval. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, like kind of, right? Or it, it's... That's... Princess Bride is more pratchety than mm. it is like earnest okay um i would say if i'm gonna like pick my favorite fantasy fantasy movie of mm-hmm. all time I, I think it's gonna be highlander okay um because one that movie's awesome mm-hmm. uh and two the soundtrack is a queen album that's neat yeah it's not like queen did one song queen did an album it's called for a, the movie it's called a kind of magic it rips. Cool. Uh, and they also do the theme song to the television show, uh, which is the song that got me into Queen. Hey. Because uh, it rips. All right. We might need to watch this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We'll at least listen to that album. Sure. That's yeah. that's even better. <laughs> All right. Jake, I think it's time for... Oh, my God. Thank you. The final cut? It is time for the final it's cut. It's time. We've you been... really want to turn on the air conditioning again. It's so hot. <laughs> it's so hot. All right. So our final cut is a series of segments where we kind of wrap up. And it starts with something called Scene Shout Out. Where we shout out, shout out, shout shout out. 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 A scene from each movie that we particularly enjoyed. Cool. I'm going to do the Sorcerer's Battle. The... No, you already said no. we can't do that. Okay, I've been trying to think of one that's not that. Sorry, do go on. Do go on. I was going to say that I can start because you've been talking for a while. Go for it. I got to finish this drink. Okay. So... Sword in the Stone, um, the sword. Sorry, both these movies start with the, the sword word, the, in the stone. The, the movie, the, the Transformers, the movie, the musical, the series, um, the cats. I think I'm gonna go with that dishes scene. Yeah, because uh, it's really fun and. Sorry, can you specify? Because the dishes they do come back. Yeah. Um. So Wart has been like uh, the Sir Hector. Sir Hector does Hector. not love that Merlin is tutoring Wart because he's like, well, he's just 
wart. Why why does he yeah. need extra? Um but Merlin kind of spooks him out so he deals with it. Um but he has sent them sent him to clean all the dishes cuz he's been falling behind on his chores because he's been out, you know, being a fish and squirrel and stuff. Um Like you do. And Merlin kids. comes to like be like, what? Uh, let's go on another adventure. He's like, no, I need to do some real world things. Like, I need to be a person yeah. uh, first. So Merlin's like, cool, I'll help with that. And so all of a sudden, the dishes start rising and Merlin uses his magic, which he doesn't usually like to do for, right. like, household things. Um, he believes in science more than magic, mm-hmm. being a wizard, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, it is this very, like, Mary Poppins be our guest Kind of the the two scenes I've seen from bed knobs and broomsticks kind of <laughs> energy yeah. where it's like the plates start levitating and they spin and they clean themselves and they're rearranging in fun ways and there's and this... it's it's a musical reprise of the mm. song he does when they're packing up the house with magic that makes sense yeah, yeah it's I... like a jazzier version of that yeah not the the songs did not resonate with me enough to recognize that Understood. but i I like that idea yeah. a lot pick it just pick it just hop it just hop. yeah but he turns it into like scat yeah. which is really fun yeah it's um, really cool and yeah i just wish that scene would last longer because i think you know my problem with this movie is i don't know why things are happening but this i know why it's happening yeah. like where it has been given a task merlin is helping with it because he wants to like speed this up and get back to the fun turning them into animals things yeah so it has a motivation and it has like a grounding um and yet it's still fun and you're using the personalities of the characters so good yeah, yeah. yeah I like that merlin's one. a little bit of a kook yeah he yeah. sure is um weird time but i'm going to mention it now mm-hmm. uh we uh we lost a, a great one today no uh, another kook another another old kooky guy that we love, yeah. uh, Regis Philbin. Uh, oh, passed. Regis. Um, and he's, uh, he holds a special place in my heart, at least. <laughs> and I think yours, too. Yeah. Uh, for his appearances on Disney parades, uh, specifically the Christmas parades. Yeah, like 15 years of Disney, of Disney Christmas, Christmas and parades Easter parades. That we watch when we're sick or hungover yeah. or just can't figure out anything else they're great guys you want some like quick nostalgia like shot in the arm put on put on like anything after little mermaid those Mm -hmm. parades are great yeah um but before like 2002 because they get a little too well produced super produced you want them where they're a little bit weird um where like regis is just yelling at cinderella and no one's stopping yeah there's a there's a running joke in these parades where regis uh, is in in love love with cinderella and on one of them he's like he just appears on screen <laughs> on the parade route. Uh, yeah, he's on the back of her float, knocking on it, going, <laughs> which is like the glass carriage, yeah. like the yeah. she's inside the the, the, the carriage, pumpkin carriage, yeah. and he's knocking on it, going, Cinderella, hey, Cinderella, hey, give Cinderella. Me a <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, shout out to Regis. he would have made a good. There was talk about a live action Sword in the Stone. Oh, you'd have had good Merlin. It was announced like five years ago yeah. for Disney Plus, but now I feel like Disney has heard the critiques of the live actions <laughs> a little bit like oh we're gonna back yeah, off of is that. mulan just not happening mulan is already made so mulan has to okay. come out at some point yeah. but i feel like some of the projects they announced for live action like Are just not happening yeah just yeah. like oh we might not do that uh, after all oops. but 
like Sword in the Stone is actually one that I think could use it because if yep. you add like a plot to it yeah. and have someone really fun in that Merlin role, I mean, it can't be Regis now, but... Oh, but he would have been fun. He would have been really fun. He could have been a good Sir Ector too. Or the the little the the dopey knight that comes to talk to oh, Sir Ector. I was gonna Ector. say Archimedes. He'd be oh, a good little he'd be owl. A good Archimedes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, we've got Al Roker who is trying to fill those shoes. Yeah, he's not he's, he's just, just not, not, as, not, the it's same. not the same. Um so is Regis Philbin your scene shout out? Yes. For Sword in the Stone? Yes. No. Um <laughs> good question. Uh, my scene shout out for Sword in the Stone. I'm trying to think of one that you won't immediately be like, no. I don't care. Um, I've already done my ass. Okay, fair. Um, no, my, okay. It's, it's silly. Uh, but <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is when, um, uh, it's towards the end where Wart comes in in his squire uniform and, uh, Merlin just tells him <laughs> off. He's like, no, you're supposed to be something better than a squire. And Wart's like, what? I, I'm a peasant in the in the dark ages. Squire's as good as I get, buddy. Um, and then Merlin just screams, blow me to Bermuda. He goes flying off like a rocket. He looks like he's like a little surprised by it. Uh-huh. And Wart's like, where'd he go? Archimedes, oh, Bermuda. It's just probably some place that hasn't been discovered yet <laughs> just like yeah it's a thing he does i don't that know that scene has major uh willy wonka yelling at charlie <laughs> in the gene wilder version yeah which i always love when that scene gets referenced because we we did that as a musical at our school a couple of years ago so i like did like a deep dive into like the behind the scenes of that apparently gene wilder told no one he was going to just rail at this kid <laughs> and like so the kid is genuine like those reaction shots in that scene where he's like you did the bubbles what i can't trust anyone um like charlie is legitimately scared of gene wilder Good. in that shot um and it makes me laugh every time it seems like gene wilder was terrible to those children yeah and it's one of the best performances caught on film uh, you you tell me what child deserves to be treated nice by Gene Wilder. What child is so great that Gene Wilder has to treat them nice? No, well, not even Charlie. Gene Wilder can be excused from anything. He's a genius. But also it makes me laugh because Charlie is now like a veterinarian. Like he left <laughs> acting after that movie. Probably because like Gene Wilder made him pee his pants. I mean, He's yeah. so scared. Anyway. Do you have a scene shout out from the... The Flight of Dragon Dragons. movie. Flight of Dragons. Yeah. I do. So before Peter gets turned into a dragon, uh, he's making friends with uh, Carolinus and the princess that he designed to be the perfect woman for himself. At least he designed her as an adult and not as a five-year-old. Sorry, can we just address real quick? She has Princess Leia buns under long blonde hair. Under like Rapunzel hair, yeah. And she is formless. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's wearing a... A, she looks Robe. like a figure from a, a crappy board game. Yes, she does. His ideal woman is a yeah. figure from a crappy board game. To be fair... This guy creeps me out. There are no body models for any of these characters. No, that's, like, that's very true. You see, like, 
the you know the Disney kind of archives of like okay Jafar is this triangle and when he faces this way like there are yeah. character model like blueprints designed up so that no matter who's animating them they know what they look like from this angle this is not a thing in this movie you, like you can tell because Omadon's shoulders are just like oh either God. at his ears or below his collarbone yeah. it just doesn't make sense and, and the knight has like spikes on the front of his uh <laughs> on the front of his armor which are either like kind of near her shoulders or yeah. they are his nipples. Or nipples. Depending yeah, what doesn't... angle you're looking at him from because there is there is no con- continuity in this. Anyway, he's not a dragon yet. And yeah. Sorry, go ahead. They're like convincing him that there's magic and he's like a scientist by nature. Um, and so they do this like toast with the mead or whatever. And uh, Carolinus goes... Well, I won't be taking the mead because it does uh, bad magic to my cider, stomach. Cider. cider, there we yeah. go. It does bad magic to my stomach. And uh, Peter's like, well, that's called an ulcer. Uh, you should be drinking milk instead. And so Carolinas goes, oh. And he turns the cider into milk and then drinks it. He's like, oh, well, th- this is great. Uh, this doesn't make my stomach hurt at all. Yeah. And it's like this first turn where... I mean, and so I'm going to cut off my scene shot out there before the actual end of the scene. <laughs> because it's fun. You're like, oh, okay. He used like like anatomical, you know, doc- yeah. med- medical science yeah. to help this wizard with his uh, intestinal problems. But then, of course, right after that moment, the princess is like, oh, so I see. Science might be helpful in this magical <laughs> world after all. You're like, all right. Well, thanks, princess. For Thanks for not putting too fine a point on it. Thanks for your trust in the audience. Thanks but for your subtlety. Again, it's it's in, and it happens early enough in the movie that I, I'm tricked at that point into thinking there might be more moments like that. There's not. He uses science more, but I wish it was more of a thing like that where like, oh, science and magic can work together. Yeah. Um. But it's it's a nice scene until she uh, screws the pooch. Nice. What's my scene shout out? That's a good question, Dick. I called one out as we were watching it. Do oh, a specific scene? Yeah. You really liked that elf when he hid, <laughs> he when he hid, hid in the in soup. The soup. Um, okay, well, I, I'm going to do like a moment shout out. Uh-huh. I don't, there's not a scene of this movie that I can endorse fully. Um, but there is a scene where... <laughs> Um, and I think this should have been played more for laughs than it was, um, where as, as he's, oh my God, do you know where I'm going with this? So Peter is, um, it's Peter, right? Yeah. He just has become a dragon Uh and he's learning how to fly. And there's a older dragon that's like, yeah, let me teach you. Smurgle. Smurgle. Yeah. Smurgle. Not to be confused with Murgle or Blurgle. These great character names. Um, Smurgle is teaching Peter how to how to be a, how to do dragon things like fly, and Peter's like really hung up on the science of it, and Smurgle's he's like <laughs> he's like okay wait so, uh I I get it right we eat we eat limestone, uh and that creates gas but how does how does the fire come out and Smurgle's like, we're dragons dragons breathe fire, <laughs> and like this kind of this kind of happens a couple times in this conversation and I really want it to be played. More for laughs and more for Smurgle being like, kid, don't, don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, more what a are joke you gonna, at Peter. What are you than... going to do with this? Yeah, I want Peter to be the butt of the joke more. Right. Because Peter is an annoying, I've, you you had the line of the night when we were watching this, uh, where you were like, Uh-oh. oh, 
he's beating him by being pedantic. <laughs> like he's fighting the the boss, like the big boss, and he's like astronomy. Well, Biology, well, the boss chemistry. Is, the boss is like, ah, I will destroy you with this. And he's like, well, technically. The hypotenuse is the square root of the sides like, of the I'm going to give you 120% of destruction. And he's like, well, technically you could only give 100% of destruction. So I don't believe you. He's he's a fucking reply guy. Yeah, like he's his, a well actually. His yeah, his his magic word is not Alakazam, it's well actually. It's oh it's but yeah. Um I want I want that to be played more yeah. for laughs because that is a very funny character trait. It's very funny. Where like you are being taught by a dragon how to be a dragon, and instead of doing like Arthur does and just go like, okay, cool. When when like Archimedes yeah. is teaching Arthur how to fly as a bird, yeah. Arthur's like, "Cool, I'm yeah, you're a bird. You know what's going on." He's like, "Well, how do dragons work? Actually, actually, how do dragons work?" Um, I wish that was played for laughs more, but I liked I liked that scene specifically, and also the elf who hid in the soup. Yeah, he, he hid in he soup. He did a great job. You have an MVP <laughs> of these movies. Uh, most valuable. Me? Do I have an MVP of these? I think I do. Okay, go. I think it's Archimedes. <laughs> yeah. The owl and the sword and the stone. Like, yeah. I see elements of good, like, animal sidekicks from other Disney movies. I don't think he's used to his full potential here. He looks hilarious when he's wet. Yeah. I mean, Disney does one type of owl, and it does it really well. <laughs> There's only one owl. They've only done one owl ever. It's only one model. But it's great. Um, and he's like funny and he's like stick in the mud, but Merlin makes him do things anyway and yeah. he begrudgingly does it. It's like, it, yeah, he's, I think even more than Merlin for me, which like Merlin has too much to do with the plot that doesn't exist for me to like be like, oh, this guy is great all the time. Like Archimedes has nothing to do with anything and yeah. he's just really fun. Um, and I, yeah. Nice. I'm going to give uh, my MVP to uh, Mad Madam Mim. Mm. Uh, she's only in the movie for one scene. Yeah. It's the best scene of the movie. And it's because she's there. Uh, mm-hmm. Because she she like finally gives something a reason to happen. Yeah. Which is like, oh, Arthur is in danger. We have to save him. Yeah. Um, so there's like a reason for something to happen. It's a great scene. It's super fun. And she's a, a loony uh, and she both both Merlin and her say it, but like Merlin's like, oh, I'm an ugly old man. I'm a horrible ugly old man. And she's like, oh, I'm a disgusting old woman. Yeah. And I I really like the embracing of like, no, I'm horrific. Yeah. Uh, so I like I like Mim. Yeah. There you go. Do you have a crossover? Do you idea? have a crossover idea? I think I do, and now I have to remember what it was. You have to remember uh, whether it's Schmurgle or Blurgle that you get a crossover. Whether Schmurgle or Blurgle, or yeah. I think I can. I can go. Yeah, you... go, go okay. for it. So, so uh, I cross over. Um, I want Peter Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Dixon, Peter. I want Peter and Kay uh, to have like a a show where they live in an apartment together. Um, cause they're, they're both really unpleasant people. Uh-huh. Peter is the hero of yeah. flight of the dragons. K is like the, the shitty older brother in 
in um, uh, Sword in the Stone. And we haven't talked about him much. Yeah. But I love his willful ignorance. Like, aggressive ignorance. Like, Merlin casts a spell where there is a blizzard indoors. King Ector is like, he cast a spell where there's a blizzard indoors. And Kay is like, so what? <laughs> like, just doesn't care, doesn't want to care, and is aggressively like, I, you can do that. I don't care. I, I'm a sword guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I want, like, aggressively ignorant Kay to be in an apartment with reply guy Peter and just... <laughs> Just watch the magic happen. Yeah. It's it's odd couple. Yeah. I like that a lot. Thank you. I think I would have Merlin as the fifth wizard brother <laughs> and like the only one with a personality. Um, no, I think I would have Merlin train Peter, right? Mm. Because Peter does have a goal. Like he want, he's going to steal Omeron's red crown. Yeah. Um, and I think there could be some neat interplay there between like Merlin understanding that science has a place with magic but then Peter going too far and being like oh well I can chart this out on a chalkboard and Merlin's like no 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 just just be a dragon yeah just (laughs) remember uh we were up north at my family's uh cottage Mm -hmm. up in northern Michigan and we went out for a couple of beers and when we got back we were a little bit tipsy (laughs) And we walked into the garage, and my dad started talking about uh, uh, RC plane batteries to yeah. us. And he just kept going and giving us like a little science lesson about yeah. batteries. We didn't ask him for it, but nope. he was just doing it. That That is uh, the kind of teacher that Peter needs. And I think yeah. Merlin could be that teacher, right? Like he yeah. needs someone who would be like, like, Peter could be like, well, how does this work? Well, let me tell you. Let me you. tell you all the things. Let me tell you all the things. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I yeah. think they'd be I a think, good pair. I think Merlin would do really well with it. It's him. like, I feel like uh, Wart maybe doesn't appreciate it as much. He's just like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Like, Peter would be like, oh, okay, but but what about this? Like, yeah. Wart, Wart just, Wart has no critical thinking ability. Nope. It's just like, you're a squirrel now. Okay. Oh. Squirrels jump over here. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing that then. Yeah. Hey, Merlin, that worked. There, there'd be a more sophisticated dialogue yeah. between Merlin and Peter. Nice. All right. I think it's time for the final. Final? Cut. Cut? Yeah. Final, final cut, cut. We are about to decide for each of these movies whether we would re-release the film, Mm -hmm. create a special edition Mm -hmm. of it, either a different version of the movie or the movie in a different medium, or throw it in the vault uh, along with uh, maybe not enough material, but certainly Song of the South. Song of the South. Did we vault something last time? Did you? You might have vaulted. What did I vault? I vaulted something, didn't I? Last time or two times ago. Two times we ago? did. What have we done recently? Elena and Tangled last time. Oh, no, those were fine. And the time before we did. You might have vaulted Zootopia. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> it deserved it. Okay, cool. So, Kate, do mm-hmm. you want to start us off? Uh, let's do Quest for Camelot. Uh oh. Nope, Sword in the Stone. Uh, Sword in the Stone was was chosen to like go into production over the Chanticleer Rockadoodle situation. Oh, um, because Walt Disney saw Camelot on Broadway and was like, "This, 
That sounds like Walt Disney. Yeah, it does sound like Walt Disney. Oh, I saw this. Do it. Do it. Do it, but better. Um, yeah, there was supposed to be like this rooster, this singing rooster yeah, movie. Yeah, and like more thought had been put into it. Which kind of but Walt turned Disney into said, the intro to Robin Hood. Yeah, he said you don't want to pick up a rooster and pet it, so it shouldn't be the main character. It's true, I do not. Of a movie. Anyway, Sword in the Stone, what do I do? Um, I special edition it, and I um, cut it up into shorts. So what uh, the Disney Channel does, or Disney Junior, is, there is a still a Disney Channel, right? Let's say yes. Anyway, but certainly this happens on Disney Junior, where they have like shows that are 20 minutes long, and then they have things between, because they don't really do commercial commercials. Right. Um, so there's these like shorts, right? Like there's Muppet Babies and then there are Muppet Babies shorts. Yeah. And I don't know if they're interested in doing this, but if they were interested in going back to like some vintage material in between their very new CGI stuff, uh, I think these would make good shorts between mm. shows. Like yeah. uh, no one really wants to watch more than one of them in a row unless you're like, unless you grew up on it. But yeah. like, I mean, especially the Madam Mim one is really fun, but like. Some of the you cut down the fish one a little bit. The squirrel one is maybe inappropriate, right. but like it's fun. But you could even do new ones with like a, the the newer Disney like digital art style. Yeah, and be like shorts. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what are we gonna do today, Berlin? Well, we're gonna turn into X. Yeah. Oh, I hope this goes well. Ah, I like that. Craziness happened. Oh, good workshopping. Yeah. Yeah. Like, All right. You could do that in a minute or two. That'd be really fun. Work shorts. He was there too. He was there too. Yeah. Wart shorts. That's wart it. Shor- oh, that's my... You said shorts. that earlier. Did I? Yeah, you did. I said wart shorts. I think so. I don't think so, but yeah. I'll take credit for it. Anyway, uh, Dick, what would you do? Okay, uh, for Sword in the Stone, I, I re-release it. I love this movie. I understand. Ooh, okay. I see the face you're making. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't need to do anything to it. I don't. I don't think you're prepared for what kind of reception it might get. If you re-release it. Yeah, it's not great. You want to set it up for success, and I don't know that that's the way to do it. Okay. Okay. You can re-release. You can do whatever you want. Let me think. Let me think. I I can special edition this. Okay. I special edition this. I take away the intro Uh and the outro. That's fair. No. Oh. Oh, I've got it. Ready. Okay. One of my favorite genres of anime is someone learning stuff. Okay. Um. The original Dragon Ball series was like a kid who was like, he's got like some sort of superpowers. He has no idea how to do with them. So every episode he's like learning things and getting stronger. Okay. Uh, Naruto, great show. It starts with this kid in ninja school. And mm-hmm. the first four years are him going to ninja school. And we're learning along with him. Um, so just like you want to do the shorts version, mm-hmm. I want to do the series version. And every episode is like, okay, um, today, like, Wart is learning this lesson, mm. and he has to fight this thing, and he gets a little bit stronger. That and would, then by yeah. the end of, like, three or four seasons, right. which it seems like like Elena of, mm-hmm. of Avalor is doing, because mm-hmm. I think she's qu- queen in the movie. The finale. There's, it's this next month that's coming up, but yeah, yeah. it's, or, it has it's the, her coronation. It, the movie has the word queen in the title, yeah. yeah. Um, but like some long form storytelling where we see this guy go from wart, this like scrawny dope who doesn't care Mm -hmm. to turn into King Arthur instead of just be like, well, you're the king now. You better figure it out Mm because 
at the end of the movie, he's technically king, but he's still the same character from the beginning. Yeah. So I'd like to That's see really like smart. a long form storytelling mm-hmm. on this. Cast like an actual child actor if we're doing it live action, or or even if we're doing it a, a cartoon. Oh, and I like, see it as a cartoon for sure. Just do it as a cartoon, right? And but cast like a twelve year old, so that you mm. or a ten year old, right? And you hear so that the voice. Go, him, yeah. You hear him age up as the character ages up. Because that is an interesting thing about this movie. Even yeah. the short, they the actor they hired went through puberty, and so they ended up using the director's two sons for the. So like, there are. Th- Three characters playing war, or, or three, three actors. actors playing war. Yeah, it's craziness. Yeah, well, I like uh, that a lot. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. All right, Flight of Dragons. I, I'll turn it into a video game. Yeah. And like one where you can, um, kind of, you know, um, I don't know. I might be making something up. There Great. are there are video games where you can like switch characters throughout the quest, sure. right? Okay, so. That means that also you can like build up those characters' personalities and skills. So you yeah. can go from just a blank faced redhead who has bows and arrows with her yeah. to like an actual personality and like she she's got skills and she's got relationships with different people and yeah. um I think that would be this is a pretty good blank slate of a <laughs> of a creation uh for that format. Yeah. It and feels like uh, to throw some video game names yeah. out there, that feels a little like um, maybe like a Dragon Age game, uh, which is a game that series. Seems seems appropriately it titled. Has the word dragon in it, <laughs> um, and yeah, you kind of like build a party. You converse with them. You have there we go. relationships with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so something like that, like a, a role playing party based game. That'd be yeah. cool. That's a great idea. I'd play that. Thank you. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh oh. Special edition. Okay. I'm not vaulting this because I think there is something there worth. You have vaulted Zootopia, but not Flight of Dragons. Continue. Uh, Flight of just Dragons. Just want to make sure that that's out there. Flight of Dragons is n- I, just barely I don't not know. as racist. Are knights cops? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy. That guy has uh, mixed race. Like he has brothers of different races, and it's never addressed. The wizard does. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's like true. this, this movie's progressive. <laughs> and you know problematic um so special edition first thing i do i take out the guy in love with a five-year-old yeah. um next thing i do i take out the bit where giants or where dragons fly by being blimps <laughs> and are fat and terrible looking um next part i do is i take out all of the plot that isn't on the main plot <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh I, I take out all the flashbacks. Yeah. I take out that wolf. Yeah. Because I hate him. I hate the way he looks. So you're left with the guy. And I hate the way he goes, ha, 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 bark, bark. Yeah. Uh, I take out the two wizard brothers. We don't need them. Uh, yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> Um, Gentlemen, we've created Sword in the Stone. Yeah. So, but the, but what I do? <laughs> There's a wizard and a boy. <laughs> what I do? I get I get rid of a lot of the crap. I get rid of the 20 minute intro. Here's what I like. Here's what I like. I like this never ending story, uh, page master, uh, kind of like oh man, I love dragons. Dragons are cool. Uh, oh no, I'm a dragon. Yeah, I'm a what? Dragon. I like. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's solid. I think you start with a human, mm-hmm. and 
then the dragon things happen. Yeah. I don't think you start with a half hour of dragons because right. then you're not amazed by dragons. Right. You're just like every other character in the movie being like, yeah, there's dragons. Yeah, get, get over, over it. it. You got to steal fine. a red crown. And this. Um, so I, I think you restructure it. Um, and um, I'm going to do, what's the word? Uh, characters in this movie. What? Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, and I think with the focus on the wizard and like the the chosen hero, you have much a much better opportunity to explore character because there aren't like eight of them that are important all of the yeah. time. Yeah. I want I want this Here's what I do. Here's what I do. You ready? I take this movie and I release it to Disney mm-hmm. as storyboards for a movie <laughs> and then i let i let some or or you know whoever but i let i let animators fix it up uh because it uh, there's a lot of ideas that are really solid there a lot of them can go mm-hmm. uh a lot of them need to go we could probably put a song or two in there besides just the don mclean song Fly um dragons. yeah i just Mm-mm. there's there's some potential here but it just doesn't it doesn't work for me. Yeah. So anyway, we we fix all you of create it. Create an entirely new movie. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that's what There's. I want to do. Yeah. Sorry, well, I lost you. my train of thought there. Thank you again oh, to Hannah and Rachel oh, for yes, bringing this you. title to us because we would have never known about it otherwise. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. Um, and and if you watch again and this uh, movie holds up differently for you, uh, we'd love to know about it because, uh, like. Even just these two movies, we, sitting on the same couch, had different reactions yeah. to them, different degrees of and if enjoyment. You, and if you love it, it's okay. Yeah. You're allowed to love a movie. Yeah. Uh, I love Sword in the Stone, and I know it's not very good. Uh, I love a lot of things that I know aren't very good. And I love a lot of things that I think are great that Kate assures me are not very good. Well, uh, you know. But that's okay. <laughs> you, you like what you like. Yeah. You like what you like. Kate loves Greatest Showman. I don't. I love Star Trek. Kate doesn't. I can I can mention a bunch of things that are better. (laughs) Fair. Anyway, uh, but we always appreciate getting suggestions because it means that we're seeing new things. So if you have one movie, if you have a pair of movies, if you have a sass squad of movies. (laughs) Uh, that you are interested in hearing us talk about Oh, man, this is where I normally length. make the Land Before Time joke, but Jenny Nicholson nope. already covered already that did ground. It, so we don't have to do it. You can reach us, Dick, where on the internet? Oh, all over the place. Like? Oh, Twitter, at Cellmates Podcast. Facebook, at Cellmates Podcast. Gmail, at Cellmates Podcast, at gmail.com. Also, we have a website. You can probably figure out how to get there. Hmm. It's not great. <laughs> It looks nice. It's fine. It's got some cool artwork it's on it. It's fine. So, so thank you. Uh, thank you. As always for listening and suggesting and being awesome. We've got some additional suggestions coming up in future episodes. Ooh. Um, Anything good? I, yeah. Well, Ooh. So, uh, so, often. <laughs> not, not always, but often. Not always. So yeah. Dick, huh. uh, salute to you yeah. for completing your quest and... Um, Dragon rawr. Oh, you turn on the air conditioner. It's like, like a, a dragon, dragon noise. Rawr. Uh-huh. Um, blue dragons breathe ice. Great. So there's like a blue dragon behind me. Great. 
Bye. Bye. Okay, here's the poster. Whizbang Wizard of Whimsy. That's wizard oh, with an H. Tired of living in a medieval mess, Merlin uses all of his magic powers to chain a scrawny boy into a legendary hero. That's not at all what the movie is about.